0: You are locked on Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians, brought to you by the new Locker Room app. I will be having a locker room chat uh, Thursday at eleven fifteen Eastern, ten fifteen Central. If you have iOS, feel free to join in and talk about opening day with me. Uh, I might use some of that uh, for the podcast as well, depending on uh, who shows up and how many people are there for the show over on Locker Room. We're going to continue with part two of our talk with Nash Walker of Locked On Twins. So without much further ado, here we go. Yeah, I, I still don't know if we know exactly what the Indians' is going to look like. I expect him to be either fourth or fifth. Uh, in the past, they wanted to do a lot more balancing out of the lineup with like lefties, righties, and switch hitters. I understand there's still value in that, but I think without Lugies, some of the value uh, went down in general in terms of doing that. So I expect they're going to put him in kind of that power position. I'm not sure. I feel like they're going to probably have like Cesar Hernandez at one and Jose Ramirez is probably your three. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to Eddie or Franmil in that next spot, and you know, I'll, again, it. I feel Tito is very old school, so he might go with the guy he knows. But I could see that end up going, honestly, very much either way um, for the Cleveland Indians. But he is definitely one of those guys that is a heart of the order. I mean, they did they had so few even league average bats a year ago that. You go and you add him. It's it's a big change. I was trying to pull up the data from last year in terms of like runs created. You know he's going to replace in that outfield. Let's see. Uh, Tyler Naquin, for instance, was the had the most at bats of any outfielder a year ago or played appearances, I should say. And he had her runs created plus of 63 mm. where Eddie's was one oh one ten, Yeah. So that it's just that giant increase in production is going to be huge for the Indians. And the rest of that outfield, like Nacon is at 63 Delano de shields at 72 Domingo Santana at a 66. That's yep. how bad the outfield was. Um, so it's, I know in Minnesota people kept expecting maybe a bit of a leap and he just stayed the same guy, but with mm-hmm. the power and the walk rates, and that's the one thing like last year, his walk rate, like significant boost. I don't know if we'll see that continue this year, but that he'll bring his value at the bad. I understand base running is a disaster and defense yeah. is a disaster, but, uh, at least he'll bring some positive value. The Indians had no positive value in that outfield a year ago.
1: We call it the, uh, the Eddie Rosario experience, Jeff, and you're going <laughs> to see it this year. Uh, it is an experience. And that experience is seeing him, as I said, hit a 430-foot homer at a pitch at his eyes. It's so special and so few guys can do. And then you see him thrown out at third by uh, a mile. Uh, the next inning, or you see him misplay a ball in left field or put his hands up when a ball is, he thinks is out of bounds, but it ends up being an inside the park home run. It's it's the Eddie Rosario experience, but then you get those plays. He has such a great arm in left field and you're going to see that gun guys don't, aren't going to run on him, And you always see like the the flood of tweets after he throws someone out. It's like, don't, haven't anyone learned of not run on Eddie Rosario? Cause he is uh, so good out there and left with his arm. I think his defense on his feet has, has declined recently. I think his ankle had a big part of that, uh, you know, had was significant in that in 2019, but yeah, you're going to see, you're going to see the full experience and he's an entertaining player and it's fun. He's just, he's so interesting. Cause as you said, walked a lot last year, but then you could like see it on his face and see it in his approach. Like, okay, I walked last at bat. Now I'm going to go have some fun. Like I, I, that's just not who he is, you know, and, and he's carved out a great major league career as an all-star uh, with his approach that's how he made the big leagues and i think he, that's who he is he's a, an extremely aggressive hitter he's going to make contact on a lot of pitches he's not going to strike out a lot and which is even more impressive for how much he swings but that's just who he is and if he can walk at that on uh, base percentage to like 320, 325 range like it was in 2017 he's an all-star and he's you know probably the twins best hitter in 2017 uh as that type of player and that's what the twins have stressed with him in recent years it's like Dude, you have so much power. If you could just walk a little bit more, you're going to be so much more valuable. And he did in 2020. And, and we'll see if that carries over, as you said. But yeah, I think Cleveland's outfield. Oscar Mercado was a guy in 2019 who I thought was a, a nice story. Um, you know, I, at the time, I think he was hitting first for them. He was leading off for them in 2019. for a, or Maybe it was Lindor and Mercado was hitting second. But he, he was a nice story in 2019. What happened to him?
0: So he... In 2019 itself, so heading into last season, I warned everyone, it's like, so he was incredibly streaky. Like he was one of those guys, he would be like the highest, you know, uh, statistical value player one month and then the lowest the next, and he was all over the place. And that's kind of a hard profile to, to stay up. And in the the shortened season, he clearly got into his own head and reports basically came out. He had a miserable spring uh, as well. And I, anyone who listens to the Indians knows, I don't put a lot of value in those stats, but he was a player who needed a win and he couldn't get a win against a lot of guys who aren't going to pitch in the majors this year or players who are just trying out new pitches. And the Indians, I mean, it came out in the news that like they had a talk with him about like the mental game and kind of getting his head back in it. And he's a player who's it's not like he hasn't had bumps before when he was drafted. Originally it was a shortstop and that was his big tools. Uh, it was defense and he kind of washed out there and came back as a, an athletic outfielder. So we'll see what happens. He's going to start down there in AAA and he's kind of got to show that he can pull it all together and that he can kind of get out of this, like he's overthinking. So he has to really kind of sit down and just get back to reaction and not when thing, you know, baseball is the, I mean, I can be as uh, old school as one can be and just pull out the classic line. It's a game of failure. And Mm -hmm. he is just right now, dwelling so much in the failure, it sounds like that he's struggling to find success. So and the Indians, you know, their their center field situation is Bradley Zimmer, who's also uh, I mean, both Zimmer brothers for whatever reason cannot stay healthy. Uh, Kyle with Kansas City and Bradley in Cleveland and it's stunned his development. Daniel Johnson, who they don't want to try out there. And then their top center field prospect honestly is someone they drafted a year ago out of high school. So they need to either hope that someone's going to step into this position, someone like Ahmad Rosario, who they're trying out there, that Mercado or Zimmer will figure it out, or they have so many prospects. And I mean, I've talked about on my podcast, they have 11 of their top 20 prospects who are going to be rule five eligible next year. So they're going to have to go out and, and they have other players too, who are on top of that, uh, who could play themselves into that position. So they need to, to make some deals. So center field could be that one place where, Maybe they try to find a trade, try to find something that works out. But yeah, Mercado's story is, it's unfortunate. He looked like the guy and the Indians just, they can't develop outfielders. Greatest outfielder we have developed since 2000 is Luke Scott. I talked a little bit about uh, the locker room map at the top of the show. And I had a lot of fun last week. Uh, Anthony. Jumped in. I'm blanking on his last name, who I've interacted with many times on Twitter. There's a Mets fan who we got into a big discussion about the, uh, the players the Mets sent our way, and uh, he was just gushing about uh, Jimenez. So that's kind of what's fun about Locker room. It's a chance to chat. It's a chance to talk. Uh, it's not video. It's just... You can text and I can respond audibly to your questions. Uh, that's how it works is I get to respond audibly. And then I can also give control of the chat. If someone wants to talk, I can give them an opportunity to talk and I can give and take that. So it's, it's something new. It's something I've never experienced and it's a lot of fun. If you want to check that out, make sure to go to Locker Room and check out my chat uh, today at 1115 on Thursday. Talking opening day. We are all having a ton of fun with it. Uh, They will be moving it to Android at some point, but right now it is only on iOS. So if you have an iOS device, make sure to join me in my locker room chats. Our other fantastic sponsor is rockauto.com. I have talked about my lack of car knowledge. I am not a car guy. I was never raised with car people. I have no car knowledge, but Rock Auto is an easy-to-navigate site even for someone like myself. And if you're like me and maybe cars aren't your thing... It's great to have Rock Auto as a tool to make sure that when you needed to get something fixed or changed on your car, that you're getting a good deal, that you are not having... I've gone to places and been cheated and lied to. Like, that happens. We know that happens with cars. Rock Auto prevents that. You know, you can look up what that wholesale price of that piece is. And if there is a massive difference, then you need to go to rockauto.com, order the piece, and find a mechanic that will install that piece for you. And remember that when you do go to Rock Auto you're going to tell them that Locked On sent you. You could say Locked On MLB, Locked On Indians, Locked On itself, any form of Locked On lets them know their advertising dollars are well spent. It's a great tool for yourself. It's a way to make sure that you are always getting a good deal on your car. And when you're not, buy from Rock Auto and find someone who can help you install that piece. Also want to remind you, check out Locked On Today. It's going to be packed full of baseball with opening day occurring. Locked On Today with host Peter Bukowski. All the news you need in 20 minutes.
1: Let's talk uh, opening day rosters here, Jeff. The Twins, uh, surprisingly, yesterday, and I've talked – I thought Brent Rooker was was a leading candidate for that right-handed bat off the bench. Kyle Garlick, a waiver wire pickup from Atlanta, comes in and has a tremendous spring, and he's stolen that job from Rooker, and Rooker's going to be sent to the alternate site. Uh, he's already 26, is Rooker, but huge bat from Mississippi State, has crushed the minors. He's got over 50 minor league home runs. He doesn't have anything to prove down there and it's just now a matter of opportunity uh, defense has been poor in the outfield, but I certainly was surprised that it's garlic instead of Rooker. Uh, but I think Rooker will be up soon. And, and hopefully he is. I really like Brent Rooker, Jake Bowers, first baseman for Cleveland on opening day.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I thought it was interesting. The twins certainly have a type, right? Like with, with Rooker and Sabato. And I mean, even to a degree, someone like Trevor Larnik, uh, who, I mean, who can, who can handle left field, but uh, not particularly great. They certainly like that type. And it was, it was surprising as an outsider to look at that. And with so many teams, if the universal DH was happening, I I just wonder if they could have done something with Brooker, you know, find a team that needed that bat and maybe get, some more pitching back or even just the flip prospects. side of that
1: coin is maybe Nelson Cruz isn't back though.
0: So yeah, you know, that's
1: both ways, you know,
0: but again, like I said, the, the depth with the twins, it just astounds me where I'm like, well, if that doesn't work, couldn't you just uh, go ahead and, and have, you know, Jeffers or, or Garver as a DH and then have a, a third catcher. I just, I'm like I said, as, as an Indians fan where we are, toilet paper thin i am always jealous of the fact of some of the the depth there but yeah i think with the indians for most of us out there who follow and write about this team we wanted nailer at first and just to avoid all this bowers first bradley thing and bobby bradley had every team has these stories it's like you know he came to shape 35 pounds lighter in the best shape of his career and he played well, but he's still not walking. He didn't walk all spring and, and Bobby Bradley is power. And that's it with like a 35% strikeout rate in AAA uh, Bowers has no options left. So I think they want to get kind of one last look at that, at him to see if there's anything there to see if they can find a regular because to acquire him, they traded away Yandy Diaz, uh, which that was, that's hurt them. Like Yandy Diaz would be huge for the Indians right now, but for whatever reason, like I like I, I was trying to remember who I was talking with recently who told me the story and I think it was Justin Lada who writes for Indians Baseball Insider where like Yandy Diaz took someone into like Tito's office with him because I, I got to interview Yandy when he's in the minors and he was just a, a great great dude. Uh, no, I know it was uh, Pat Ellington was the guy I was talking with where uh, and Yandy has no had no English language skills at the time but he'd always find a translator like bringing a translator to Tito saying like put me anywhere and let me play. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he never, you know, it was always like, well, he's not good enough to play defense at third, or it was always looking at his faults. So they trade him away and he's been, he struggled to stay healthy, but he's been an average regular and Bowers is just, we haven't seen anything and he'll get this look. And if he fails, they'll wave him. And we assume that Bradley will get a look. And if he fails, maybe then they're hoping by that time you can move Josh Naylor to first base and that Daniel Johnson, who's another prospect. Uh, who we haven't really seen maybe gets a shot in the outfield. That's the, the thing I do again as an Indians fan, I'm jealous of the twins. It's like, you're seeing some of those young kids get chances. Like when they called up Kirilov last year and, and I, you know, players like Ryan Sheffers and some of the younger guys, the twins will let their young guys play and see what they have, which mm-hmm. is something we see with pitchers in Cleveland. We have just not seen with
1: hitters. Yeah. Another huge thing. With spring training is is just staying healthy. You mentioned the stats less important. It's just getting into opening day with a healthy roster is is so important. Uh, the Twins shockingly, knock on wood, that no one slips on their walk out to the plane to Milwaukee. Uh, very healthy. Byron Buckson healthy. Donaldson healthy. You know Sano healthy. Guys who have traditionally not been are healthy, which is huge. I saw Shane Bieber came into camp and tested positive for COVID, but uh, outside of him, who's now back and recovered. How are how's Cleveland doing in terms of health going into opening day?
0: Yeah, it, it seemed like he was one of those asymptomatic types. Like there was just nothing to it, and he was back right away. And then we had for the second year in a row, Fran Mil Reyes broke COVID uh, during camp, broke the uh, having a brain shutdown moment. Yeah, the, the protocol. uh, protocols couldn't think of the word protocol. So him and Jose, but they were back within a week. The only player like on the injured list right now is Cam Hill, who was in a car accident in December or January. So he's on the 60 day disabled list because he had to have wrist surgery after that. And Hill was kind of one of those borderline relievers. Uh, he was in a bit of a fight for his roster spot. So they're entering again. Luckily enough, extremely healthy as well. There's no one they're really waiting on. It feels like the first offseason. off-season in three to four years where there is not someone hurt that we're waiting to come back. Uh, the past few years, there's always been at least one, if not multiple players, uh, like I said, Lindor, Clevenger, guys like that have missed some time at the start of the year. So, you know, knock on wood, uh, they're healthy and heading to, 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 to start the season that way. And hopefully it holds up because while there is pitching depth, they don't have anything. If some of these hitters go down, it's going to be, very bad if they lose like not even just jose ramirez but right now i think like cesar hernandez jose ramirez um fran Reyes, and ed rosario are like the only players projected to have a you know an average or better runs created plus so they need like those four guys in particular to be healthy and ready to go if they want to try to sneak into a wild card spot this year
1: yeah i mean (laughs) Jose Ramirez is just so special and they've had two MVP candidates for the last five or so years, um, even more, but heck of a run. It was fun to watch them in 2016, get all the way to game seven. And, you know, I, I say, Jeff, I don't see any more apparel uh, in my, in my life. I, I would say I see it at least once a week at Mizzou, uh, the Cubs world series uh, hats and sweatshirts like that thing is so milked and I get it, you know, and it, that was, uh, that was quite the, the ball game there. But, uh, take me through that a little bit, that experience of going on a run. Cause I think twins fans just want to know what that feels like again.
0: And that has really informed everything the Indians do. Cause like at the very start of the podcast, you asked about like, did they think that no one was going to compete and they could kind of surf in? And I was like, totally. Cause the Indians, whole approach was that that's the year everyone got hurt. The rotation, uh, they did not have Carrasco because uh, he got hurt late in the year. They didn't have Danny Salazar at the time was probably had the best stuff on the team. He got hurt. I'm trying to remember who their fifth starter was, but three fifths of the rotation got hurt. All they had was Kluber and Bauer. They get into that postseason. The game four clincher against the blue Jays was Ryan Merritt pitching because they knew the blue Jays couldn't hit lefties. Ryan Merritt. Great story. I don't know if he pitched another game in the majors for the Indians. After that, he clinched the clinching game never pitched for them again and I you know I'm sure he got a chance with someone else in the majors but that was kind of it for him that was the high water mark and they just kind of kept sneaking through to that point I I got to go to game two in person and uh I still have like the program and the ticket stub and I I keep holding on to it like maybe someday this will be my retirement plan because that's the first game the Cubs won so I'm like there's got to be some some uh well-to-do Cubs fan that wants the ticket stub the program and like the commemorative baseball that they were selling from the Cubs first win in that world series. So I'm, uh, I, I've been holding on to that, on you know, I'm like, this is, it's part of my retirement plan uh, yeah. <laughs> is, is all of that. But yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things. It was a, a special run, like the, cause the opening round was so tight and you're so nervous as you're watching it. And then they just, they blew through Toronto and it was kind of like, wait, they completely upended this team. And then we got a little bit overconfident. And then that lack of depth, because again, you know, it's great. They had Bauer, but this was not like star level Bauer. Bauer was the first fourth starter on that team that year with Carrasco and Salazar ahead of him and Kluber ran out of gas and Andrew Miller ran out of gas and Andrew Miller was almost never quite the same after that. So it was great, but thanks to again, lack of depth for that team uh it ended up having ramifications on the next few years and unfortunately since then we haven't got out of the opening round three shots and three fails and last year was one of those where it's the mind boggling thing of Shane Bieber has his worst start of the year and the hitting was there but like every single pitcher failed across the board from starters to relievers it was uh it was painful to watch
1: yeah so was 18 uh straight loss. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, certainly uh twins swept by the Astros last year and the Central was swept in the first round. Uh the AL Central. No, I'm, I'm sorry, the White Sox won a game. Giolitos amazing start, but uh not a not a super great performance for the top of the AL Central, certainly in, in the postseason last year, but it's just about getting in and getting your shots. What's your philosophy, Jeff, on on the playoffs? Uh, you know, as a scout and as a as a fan and an outsider and an analyst what's your view of, of not like the postseason as a whole, but you know, the, just the crapshoot aspect of it. Like how much of it do you think? And I'm not, this is in no way me like validating the 18 straight Mm -hmm. losses, but just how much, how much do you believe in the phrase, like get in and anything can happen? Like Billy Bean said, my job is to get to the playoffs. Anything after that is like, it's luck.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. It's like, that's what makes the twins thing. Like, bet online remember when you can go to bet online and use the promo code locked because you get a 50 percent bonus that is the biggest bonus or deal we have on any of our sponsors we read through some of the interesting lines yesterday some of the lines for the Indians uh, I still think the over under for the uh, Monte home runs at 10 might be the best line to to go out there I'm not saying it's a guarantee but if that guy plays every day he hit 19 in 2019. I believe. So there are deals like that to be found. There are ways around the margins. Go check it out for yourself today over at betonline.com. Remember to use the promo code locked on for that 50% bonus and see what's out there that works for you. It's not just sports. There's poker. There's casino games. There's so many things you can find. Sorry, 15 home runs in 2019, but still. Uh, I think the, the opportunity is there for someone who knows these things even better than I do to go and find some interesting deals. Head over to Bet Online, use the promo code Locked On, get your 50% bonus. We are in the championship, people. That is right, the championship is occurring over on BuiltBar.com. Cookie dough chunk versus coconut brownie chunk. And I'll be honest, in my last order, I was one of the many people who ordered cookie dough chunk, and so many people ordered this that it took them four to five days to get all the deliveries out compared normally they are razor quick you can't be razor quick i'm mixing my metaphors you know what i mean they are normally super fast people love the cookie dough i have had these both in my last order i got a full box of cookie dough and i got a mix with cookie dough cookies and cream and the caramel brownie i've tried them both in my opinion coconut brownie chunk is the winner here it's one of their best flavors. I love it though. I'm also the person who loved the puffs and none of the puffs even made it down to the flavorful four. So you have to try for yourself, go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on 15. It's a great product It is a product I buy. It is a product I use. It is something I genuinely enjoy. We'll see who wins the championship, but it, in the end, it doesn't matter because the real winner is you using that promo code and ordering from built Bar. It's just a great product. And a reminder that on the flagship MLB podcast, we have our previews. So go check that out uh, today. Uh, go find the one that features me answering the questions on the Indians. If you only care about the Indians. I know I have a few listeners who are fans of other teams. I appreciate you guys out there. Uh, like Joey, I know who I talk to on Twitter. So you can go find information on all sorts of teams. If you're not someone who's a primary, primarily an Indians fan, check that out for yourself. Odd. Like, i it's, it, it shouldn't happen. Like, that shouldn't be possible it, to the point where, like, are they just getting into their own heads that they know that that exists? How much of it is mental? Because, I mean, even going back to two years ago, like, the Nationals should not have won. They were not the most right. talented team. I mean, the, the humor of it was the Indians don't even make the postseason in, uh, in that year, but the Nationals actually drafted before the Indians because the Indians had the better record in the American <laughs> League. So the Nationals win the World Series and they get the higher draft pick. But it was, yeah, it's that situation where we see where team outside of the whole Astros situation, which we can uh, can talk about, you know, all day where they were kind of... And we still don't really know, I think, with any clarity exactly what was going on when the Red Sox won. But it's like outside of those two situations, you just, you never know. Like I said, the one year the Indians went was the one year they should not have been successful. That was the year they should have failed in the opening round (laughs) and instead they... They make it to you know extra innings, and then badly mismanage things to where Michael Martinez, who shouldn't be on the roster, has to bat in the most important uh, moment of of the recent franchise history. But yeah, the Twins have had all these good teams, and I I guess it I always think of them for their bats, maybe right or wrong, and it. it I don't know if it helps is, is that when like you need more of that elite pitching? I know mm-hmm. the only reason Cleveland advanced was basically thanks to Kluber and then Andrew Miller and running those guys to death uh, is, is that maybe the holdup at this point in time that the twins, like I said, I could be wrong. I mean, 18 games goes back so many years, but yep. I, it's like, I go back and I think about the last run and it's, it's Mauer and and uh, Justin Morneau that come to mind. And it, Have they always been when they've been at their
1: best bat first teams? Yeah, I mean, I think I think twins fans want to try to quantify and see what it is exactly. And and after being swept by the Yankees in 2019, it was like, okay, the staff needs to be better Uh, after that series. I think that was that was obvious. And then it was also we just can't play the Yankees. And then it became like this Yankees and pitching thing. And then in 2020, that got completely flipped on its head because you're playing this Houston team that's 29-31 and 31 at home where the Twins played fantastically last year. It was like a perfect, perfect matchup for them. I uh, thought it was the best matchup on the board, if not the Blue Jays. But also, Kenta Maeda and Jose Barrios started both games very, very well. I think they threw 10 innings and gave up one run combined. And the offense scored two runs and two RBI doubles by Nelson Cruz, one in each game. And that was it. Uh, So those two things got flipped where it was like very hard to understand and almost frustrating at that point, because as humans, we want to try to like put, okay, this is this is the problem. Like, this is why it's happening. No, I don't know why it's happening now. You know, it wasn't that they didn't have the starting pitching that's been, um, you know, so such a, a point of contention. Fans of like, you need to get an ace, you need to get an ace. Maeda threw really well in game one. Burrios pitched very well in game two. No, the offense scored two runs combined, and you're not going to win many ballgames doing that. So, and they also lost to a Houston team that was 29 and 31. And there also is that like Kepler in the first in game one, he was up and leading off, uh, I think. And, uh, you know, he started running to first on ball three, like almost like he was uh, like it was the moment. Like, I feel like they. Now it's in their head. It has to be, you know, as much as they want to say, Oh, like that wasn't our team. That's, that's not us. We didn't lose that 15th game or that 13th game. Yeah. But it's a cloud hanging over the organization right now, certainly. And I think that it just continues to get worse as the the record uh, ramps up, but it's just hard to put a a peg on it now because that was flipped. It, It wasn't the pitching in 2020 and it wasn't the Yankees in 2020. So it was just uh it was so frustrating. I remember just sitting looking out the window after that. I was like, I mean, what do you what do you do? You know, what what can you do? Just try to get back in there, play 162 and try to get back into the postseason. Let's talk about that, Jeff. Who do you see as the five playoff teams in the American League? Uh before we jump into that, I just have to note the humor
0: of instead for the Indians, it was pitching and it was the Yankees. We picked up the mantle for you guys <laughs> last year that yes. uh, it was both. And can I also say when you said Max Kepler's name, uh, I had a shiver go through my soul because he is maybe the most, <laughs> the biggest Indians killer in all of baseball Who right now. progressive field. Yeah. Uh, he is, uh, he is like, I never want to see him up when there's anyone on base. But to, to get back to your original thing, I just had to throw those two things out there as I was listening. Uh I'm still going to that on the white Sox. I feel like they have the best balance in the central. Mm-hmm. I I just I you know, Cleveland they don't have as much depth, but th- there's some prospects. I'm a big Andrew Vaughn guy. I was a huge fan of his at Cal and called him one of the safest prospects I've ever seen and I I think he'll be able to step up and perform well. I argued he should have gone immediately to double A upon being drafted. He was that complete. So I I still think that they have you know, the pitching and enough hitting. And my only other concern there that sometimes I think gets overlooked is for as good as they were, Jose Abreu, like, is there any way he can have another career year? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. what he did, uh, he went from someone that people thought maybe should be designated for assignment or the option not picked up to the year he had. So they do have a lot of, I mean, like all of these teams, there's, there's many concerns, but uh, I just think they have enough, you know, they're the one team that has really top three pitchers, fantastic, and they have enough balance in their lineup where I'm not quite as concerned, unlike the Indians and Twins. And if you want to hear the rest of my thoughts on the American League Central, you'll have to tune in tomorrow, maybe Monday, depending on how long we go on opening day. I'll be honest, there's a chance that opening day could end up being a full podcast, unintu- un in and of itself. That's what I'm looking for. Sorry, it's past one here, I got to be honest. Uh, spring break, I can get things done late on the podcast. We have about 11 to 12 minutes left of discussion. So there will be more talk with Nash and myself. Uh, we, By we, I want to be cognizant of you know, really trying to keep these under the 34-minute mark with ads. That is kind of the sweet spot. That is what they have informed us. So that's why I'm kind of pulling some things back, unlike some of those like near 50-minute episodes last week. So you'll get a little bit more talk with Nash and myself. You'll get his view on how things are going to break down. You'll get the rest of my view on how things will break down in the last part of the podcast. Half any nearly opening day. If you're listening to this, there's a chance that you're just a few hours out. So uh, as always, thank you all for, Thank you all who listen. I've been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Remember to rate and review, download daily. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.